Hey there, welcome to the Lurk Lounge, the pod where we discuss the real on all things business and entrepreneur related. I'm Summer Barnley, attorney, business strategist, entrepreneur, lover of Grey's Anatomy, sipper of matcha tea, believer in Christ, and ethnic food enthusiast. I invite you to eavesdrop on the lessons and conversations inside the Lurk Lounge. To those of you who are returning and new, welcome to the Lurk Lounge. Our guest today, Laura Reese, is an expert in branding, marketing, and social video strategy, all of which you entrepreneurs know right now are hot topics. So stay tuned. But before we get into all of that, you know the drill. Got to give you the legal disclaimer and roll into the biz tea of the day podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing should be taken as legal advice. You listening does not create an attorney-client relationship between us. Your situation is going to vary and so will the laws where you are. So please seek an attorney in your area for help. Now, for today's biz tea, business tip of the day, let's talk independent contractors and independent contractor agreements. So most of my clients are used to being, you know, employees. And typically the world of entrepreneurship is fairly new to them. So is, you know, being hired as an independent contractor. Now, the distinction between an independent contractor and an employee is critical. And many businesses do prefer to use independent contractors to avoid paying various employee-related taxes, to avoid providing health insurance, etc. However, if you misclassify a worker, I can almost guarantee you the IRS will become your new bestie. So make sure you have an independent contractor agreement in place that's going to lay out the relationship between you and the contracted worker. Now, this independent contractor agreement should outline the scope of your work, payment schedules, deadline expectations, and other various details. So make sure you're classifying correctly and you have your agreements in place. All right, let's get into Laura. Laura Reese has 20 years of experience as a brand strategist, a copywriter, and a creative director supporting some of the world's most recognizable B2C and B2B brands. She uses the principles that she learned leading projects for companies with multi-million dollar marketing budgets and helps small businesses apply them to their own social video strategies. In short, she helps you get your customers as excited about your business as you are, and she's always rooting for you. Laura, welcome to the Lurk Lounge. It's so good to have you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Okay, so, you know, we jump right in, we get to the real. So tell us a little bit about you who you are, who you serve. I guess first and foremost, even though you just read that amazing professional bio, I'm a wife and a mom from Ohio. That's kind of how I identify myself overall. But I am a brand and video strategist, and I work with small businesses to help them be known, more quickly communicate with their audiences so that they can cut through the clutter and stand out to the best fit clients that they could find. 
I love it. Okay, so before we even jump into the next question, I have to ask, because I don't think I knew you were from Ohio. What part of Ohio? I'm in central Ohio. I grew up in southern Ohio, and now I live just outside of Columbus. Oh, okay. My in-laws are in Ohio as well, like in a little suburb outside of the Cleveland area. So I was like, every time I hear somebody mention Ohio now, I'm like, I know a little bit about Ohio. And I have like tons of family in Akron. So I'm always like, okay, where about? (laughs) So Laura, tell us, how did you get here to this point? Take us on your journey. I started my career actually in human resources management, and I found out pretty quickly that I didn't like being in HR because HR, I thought, would be about helping people, and instead, it's about punishing the worst people, basically. (laughs) You don't get the really go-getters. You have to talk to the people that are coming in late, that are not doing the job that you've hired them for. In one case, actually called one of our clients for bail money when they got in jail. So I... (laughs) moved out of the HR field and I wanted to be a writer. And so I started doing communications. I started as doing internal communications. I moved to copywriting for uh, an advertising agency. And then I went out on my own as a freelancer and did that for a few years. And that was during 2008, 2007, when there was a big recession. It was pretty tough. 2009 was probably one of the toughest years of my life. And now in retrospect, I can say that's awesome. I made it. I strengthened me and it toughened me up. During that time, it was uh, horrible. But during that time, I really learned how to sell myself, to get comfortable. At that time, you know, we were making phone calls, cold calls, like to just get comfortable putting myself out there was the bottom line. And I ended up at a branding agency after that and learned kind of everything. Got a chance to work with huge brands like the Food Network. At one point, they had a wine. They had a candles in, that were in cold stores. I helped launch all of that stuff. That was really, really fun. So dope. And then after that, I went to a little tech agency, worked there for a year or two, and came back out on my own three years ago. And by this time, I had had that kind of big company experience. And then I'd had some bootstrapping small company experience at that tech company. And I decided that I wanted to help small businesses because the principles that big brands use to to message themselves, to get their word out, they're the same as small businesses can use. The big difference is just how they can execute. You know, Nike can hire LeBron James, Paul's Bakery down the street, obviously does not have that kind of cash flow. But what they can do, like that same idea of being consistent and having someone or something that represents your brand, like Nike does, Paul's Bakery can do that thing. So that's what I wanted to teach small businesses how to do. And what I've really settled into is video strategy because right now it's never been easier for people to create and produce their own videos for any social media platform. Like every social media platform right now is supporting some sort of video content. Yeah. And so as opposed to if you're running, you know, if you're creating graphics or if you are doing photography, like a lot of times we feel like we might need a graphic designer for that, or we might need a photographer, or even if we are doing something that requires writing, we feel like we need a copywriter. But with video content, You can just be your own self, use your iPhone or whatever phone you have and put it right up there. It's the 
fastest and easiest way that you can create a connection with your audience? You know what? I I used to be so scared of video content. And I mean, even before I started like my firm, because with the business that I was, the company that I was working with before, and there are so many similarities, Laura, between like our stories of like what we were doing, because I helped other entrepreneurs grow their businesses to like multi-million and seven-figure businesses. But I started with them from the very beginning. And so it was like watching the process, like from the beginning, when you don't necessarily have a bunch of employees, you don't necessarily have a marketing agency. A lot of times, like I was doing the marketing until we hired somebody to do all that kind of stuff. And I was often HR until we hired somebody to do HR. So I was like all of the people doing all of the things, right? So I get that. And I remember when we were shooting commercials or whether it be video content, and I would be like, I, I do not want to be in front of the camera. Like, I'm a behind-the-scenes person. That's how I operate. And I knew that if I was ever going to go out on my own and start my own practice, I was going to have to get comfortable, not even just with video, but being the face. I was going to have to get comfortable with, like, people seeing me and knowing who I am. And I remember the first time I hired somebody to do help me with marketing in my firm. And she was explaining to me like, oh, well, this is why you need X, Y, and Z type content. And I was like, but do we really need these videos? She's like, do you really want to be seen? <laughs> do you really want these clients? <laughs> do you really want the algorithm to like you right now? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know what? This is why I hired you. This is your area of expertise. I'm going to let you do your job. You let me know what you need. I will get you the video. And now the hardest thing is like, okay, what am I going to wear for this video? <laughs> it's like you just show up and you do it, but it's like, okay, what am I going to wear for this video? So I have come to love and appreciate the aspect of using video content, but it's also such an easy way to get the message across because people skim read. When you skim read, you don't really pay attention to what you're actually reading or what's in the caption. As opposed to when you're watching the video, people are more actively listening to what it is that you're saying. And if you have the captions in your video, they're also more actively watching what you're saying as well. So I think that's awesome. Okay, now, clearly you've had success in the business. And we know about the crash and everything that happened back in 2008. So talk to us about like how many failures, if any, like, what are some of your some of your biggest failures that you can think of? Did you have along the way, and how have they helped you? Well, uh, there have been many. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> when I went out on my own as a copywriter, that was just tough because I didn't have any real experience. Like, I had a little bit of corporate experience, but in retrospect, I can see that I didn't have the experience that I needed to be really successful. But I didn't know that, and and. In a lot of ways, that actually was fine because that that I didn't know what I didn't know. So I had the confidence enough to keep putting myself out there and, and keep getting rejected until I actually got some clients. But I went from ha I'm making probably I made like seventy five or eighty thousand dollars a year at that corporate job, and then the next year as a freelancer, I made like thirty thousand dollars. So that was a huge pay cut. Okay. And so I can tell you that from that 
we really learned how to live on a lot less than we were living on. I'm not necessarily want to go back to having to not have cable, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You, you really gain an appreciation for what is necessary in your life. And so that was a, a big lesson we learned from that. And another thing that was a really positive outcome from that horrible time is that my husband and I just got a, a really, really strong relationship because we fought like cats and dogs. You know, when you don't have any money, you're fighting over, are you going to buy, I can't believe you just bought Taco Bell today. Or, you know, what yeah. I mean? there's so many sources of conflict. And when you can learn to work through that, then when times are good again, if you just have so much fun because yeah. you have the strength of that foundation of your relationship. So that's just on my copywriting business during that period. I have also tried to start a plus size yoga clothes line, which was, you know, was right. It was around that same time period and not a lot of people were doing it then. So it was actually a really good idea for the time, except what I learned was I don't, all I wanted to do was practice yoga without my boots hanging out. That was a need I was trying to solve for myself because all these, all these tops were for people that had, I think, a smaller cup size than me. And they were, I was just like low thud and uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. So in every down dog, I was really sensitive about how I looked, but I was just trying to, to meet that need. And what I found out was that it was more about fashion and being able to design clothes. And that wasn't a thing that I was interested in. So I broke even on that business and moved past that. Another thing that I try to do, and this was actually just a couple of years ago, one thing about me is that I am sober. So I stopped drinking about three or four years ago. And I fall into this interesting space where I'm not an alcoholic, but I don't, I, I'm not someone that can drink in a healthy way. I don't know yeah. if it's a healthy way, but so I'm in this gray area. And I found that a lot of people are also fall in that. So I tried to start like a social support club for those people. And that didn't really go the way that I wanted it to go. And then I also start, I also tried to start a sober bar and which that was just right at the beginning of the pandemic. So we had an event and it was really fun. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to just like pop up the sober bar every month. And then the pandemic hit. And so we just, you know, shut it down because <laughs> obviously we couldn't have events. So those, from those experiences, those more recent ones, I can tell you that I, I learned so much about just really tactical stuff, how to build an email marketing funnel, how to um, put up a website really fast, how to find resources, you know, how to find a photographer that can just take some pictures and then a way that I can reuse those. So just like how to use the the connections and the things that you have around you to to put towards your business that you don't have to do. Like you can do a bunch of stuff yourself and you also don't have to do everything yourself. Yeah. So I, what I find interesting, and to be honest, I find this in probably 99% of the entrepreneurs that I help, including myself. Typically, you want to solve a problem that you have, and you're looking to help. Like a lot of the times your, your ideal client or your avatar ends up being very similar to who you are. Not saying that you're looking for like your exact self. But the issues or the problems and the pain points that you have are what you're trying to solve for other people. And it's simply because it's like, 
either okay either i can do this better than somebody else or i'm looking for a certain type of thing that other people are not doing and i know for me when i started the firm it was very much wanting to help and still is my ideal but helping small business entrepreneurs and there are a lot of other trademark attorneys out there who are awesome but you know who they're going after six figure and seven figure businesses and i'm like you can help those people, but let's be honest, those are not the people who need help protecting their business. Like more than likely, they probably have attorneys covering all aspects of, you know, their CYA for them. But it's those smaller companies, those new entrepreneurs who need the help in knowing what to protect, when to protect, how to protect it, knowing to protect it early, etc. So I love helping them. And also because of what you said earlier, like when you have the experience and you really find out like what some of these bigger companies are doing to get there, you know how easy it is to replicate. And even on a simpler level, it is to execute because you don't have so many of the moving pieces. I had to mention, because when you mentioned this sober bar, my husband and I went to one sometime in like late 2020. So we found out that there's one here in Jacksonville. They don't call it a sober bar. They call it something else. But of course, they have like non-alcoholic drinks there. And they also do kava there as well. And they had a like a vegan food truck, you know, that's also out there and like a pop up and all that kind of stuff. But it was actually like really cool. I would see. And I'm not a drinker for real. Like I'm not a huge drinker. Like I may have a glass of wine once every quarter, once every four months, five months, like not a huge drinker at all. And so I'm like, oh, this is my type of place. I like the vibe. They had a DJ and everything. I was like, okay, I can get with this. (laughs) Yeah, I think something like that can be so fun. And it's when you first start drinking, especially, it is a drag because everyone's going out to the bar still, you know, and you're just like, can we, is there somewhere I can go that isn't just drinking my thousandth cup of coffee? So I love places like that because it gives you a real option where it doesn't like, feel like you have to settle for something. Yes. Yes. I love that. Okay. Now talk to us a little bit about why it is that you truly decided to choose and work with small businesses over these big brands, right? Because like I was mentioning, most of the, most of the other attorneys who are doing what I'm doing, I know they're going after those because that's where the money is. Those clients can quote unquote easily pay. And, you know, they typically have multiple marks that they're working with. And that's typically what I find with any larger business. So for marketing, like they're always turning out something new. There's always something to be done from the marketing aspect. So I'm curious, tell us why you're choosing the the, the newbies or the small businesses as opposed to those bigger and established brands. Yeah, you actually touched on it, you know, when you were saying those big, those big companies, they don't need trademark attorneys. They have a team of attorneys sitting in their offices, right? It's a similar thing for marketing and branding. So if I would create a brand for, you know, a national company, I would define what their strategy should be, how their voice should sound. I would probably lead a team that would choose a photography style and colors and fonts and all of that stuff. And that we would package that up as a kit and we would give it to that company. And that company has the resources to then execute that right they have copywriters they have designers they have marketing people that can put that out in the market the way that it needs to be executed but a small business 
they might invest in a logo and then they get this logo and then they're like, what? Do, I don't know what to do with this. Like, how do I use this? Or they try to use it. And because they're not designers or, you know, people that have worked in their creative field, they stretch it or, you know, make it look awful. And then yeah. it doesn't really do what the original designer intended. So what I was finding was that I would do brand work for these small businesses and then they would have used all their budget on having me do all of this stuff and me and my team of, you know, designer or whoever. And then they didn't have the budget or the know-how to execute it. And so I developed a program from there that was, you know, instead of them using all their budget on me, what if I put together the strategy that we went through to create a brand strategy and a marketing plan for them and had them taught them just some ways to DIY where they are to get them to a level where they then do have, you know, the budget to hire, you know, a a designer or even an agency to help them take that one step further. So I, if you can, if you have budget for that, it's great. And you absolutely should hire a professional. But I know that if you're a one person shop or even just a small business with a few employees, you don't have that in your budget right now. But there are things that you can do to get yourself to that next level. And so that is what I teach to my one-on-one clients. And then I'm going to be rolling out a new program soon called Social Video Ace, which will be the same core of stuff, how to create a brand strategy, how to create a marketing plan, but then executing it with social video. Because like we were talking about earlier, it's the easiest way to connect with your audience. You don't have to worry about fonts and colors and photography because your face and your voice are very, very unique. And so they are always going to stand out. And like you were saying, your marketing person encouraged you to get on camera because she said, well, do you want people to know who you are? I say, do you want to stay an anonymous expert or do you want to step up and be the star of your business? Because it's not really that difficult to do. Now, guys, I will tell you, of course, I follow Laura on social media. And every time I see a post of hers, I swear it's video. Okay, so she is not like, oh, I'm just going to tell you this stuff just to tell you because it sounds good. She's legit practicing what she is preaching. Okay, and it's great content, by the way, Laura. So thank you. With video content being like really hot right now, especially on Instagram, any platforms, but especially on Instagram. What's the best process to follow when you're looking to create awesome video content? I have a framework that I teach my clients and it's the foxes framework. So I think, say, when you're stuck, you call in the foxes. So if you think of that as an acronym, F-O-X-E-S. So the F stands for foundation. So you have to have a foundational messaging. What is important for your audience to know and why are you uniquely qualified to deliver this product or service? You know, what makes you special? So that's your foundation. You always want to come back to that. Your content is always going to be some version of whatever that foundational content is. And then the O stands for originality. So how are you presenting this in a way that is original to you that is going to stand out from other people? Now, if you're doing this on video, you're already one step ahead because like we just talked about, your face, your voice, are very unique to you. So that is one really fast way to get to originality. Then the X stands for execution. And that, I think, is the most important part 
because a lot of people will spend a lot of time learning and planning and then can't quite get to the place where they're actually doing it. So execution is an important step, as important as figuring out your foundational messaging and how you're going to be original. So, you know, that's just marking time on your calendar. That's learning how to, when you're doing video, how to plan, how to script, how to set aside blocks of time to shoot and then to edit, depending on what kind of video you're doing. So that's the foundation, F-O-X for Fox. Then we want more than one Fox. So we tack on an E and an S. The E is for excitement. You want to be having fun with this. You want to talk about things in your business that make you feel excited. You want to talk to your one ideal customer about how much you love working with them. Talk about things that get you excited because that is going to translate really, really well on video. And then the final thing is ask for strengths. So always make sure that you are playing to your strengths. So if you are feeling nervous about being on camera, Maybe you do a video where it's just your face and you have some on-screen text. You know, you can start small if you want to. And if you have a small audience and you're just starting out with video, I would say hallelujah, because that is a small room that you're starting to. You know, it's a great place for you to practice. If you are going to go and do a performance and it's your very first one you've ever done, you would rather be in a room that only has 10 people in it, right? Than a stadium full of strangers, (laughs) you know? So it is a great place to start with a small audience. I think that doing stories and doing reels can be a really easy place to start because stories disappear. And then reels, you can do 15 seconds. So that makes it easy. So that's my framework. The foundational messaging, originality, execution, with excitement and playing to your strengths. I love that. You know what's funny that you say, like starting with a small audience? Because I think when by the time I posted my first video, and maybe like 100 or 200 followers, and I was so nervous about posting it, and I was legit hyping myself up because I'm like, okay, you did this, gonna post it, and I'm like, okay, it's like what, 200 people who follow you right now? Okay, so with the algorithm, the time of the day, that means probably like 20% of these people are actually going to see this video. And like, that means like 10% of those people are not even going to log on at the time. So legit, you're going to have like what? 20 people see this? You can do this. <laughs> totally. I say that everyone needs like, a you need a cheerleader version of yourself that's yep. sitting on your shoulder to be like, you are amazing. You are awesome. <laughs> you are killing it on camera today. So that that person can hype you up (laughs) right wherever you go. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I will say something I need to do better with is stories. And like for me, one of the things I get caught up on is what am I going to say? Like, what am I going to talk about? And it's so funny how you mentioned like starting with the foundational stuff, because these are things that we know, right? Well, some of us may know this, you know, material, some of us may not, but it's like, I know what I'm supposed to talk about, but I hate thinking about, okay, how do I deliver it differently this time than I did last time? Or how do I repurpose the content that I posted like in my post and then just talk about it like on video? And I know for me, being able to take the thought out of it was one of the best things for me that could have happened when I hired my marketing person 
because instead of being like, oh, send me 10 videos, it was like, no, answer these 10 questions on video. And I was like, I can do that. These are all great questions. I know the answer to all of these. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, you bring up a, a couple points I want to touch on. One of them is, you know, how do you say the same thing over and over and over without getting sick of it? Well, the answer is you don't, but your audience doesn't see that every single time you post it, right. they're not seeing every single touch. I mean, I wish they were. That would make marketing a lot easier, right? Yeah. You know, I always joke about McDonald's, the people that sit in McDonald's marketing. Do you think they're sick of the song? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm no. loving it. They never want to hear that again as long as they live. But they keep using it <laughs> because that is recognizable to you and me who don't yeah. hear it every single day. Yeah. And then the other thing is just having some fun with being creative. And, you know, how many ways can you can you spin can you spin, you know, one single message? Like if you look at a big brand like Starbucks, if you look at their Instagram feed, Starbucks Instagram feed is 90% pictures of a cup, of a Starbucks cup. Mm -hmm. But they vary the background. There's a hand holding the cup and then the hands all look unique because the hands are from different people. So they're showing a lot of diversity that way. So on the one hand, it's just a picture of a cup. But on the other hand, they are spinning that in endless ways. So it keeps it consistent, but it also keeps it interesting. Yeah. So if you can think about that, you know, like what is 10 different ways that I can spin this one idea? There you have 10 different posts that are all really, really consistent. Yeah. And, you know, that made me think about a branding and intellectual property standpoint. Those are branding elements, right? And I think one of the things, especially when it comes to branding and marketing is, Making it very key, like you say, when you hear the bop, 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 you know that's McDonald's. If you don't hear anything, if you don't see anything, you know who it is. More than likely, if you saw that cup with a hand and some kind of background, you're going to know it's Starbucks. Even if you don't see the Starbucks logo or know what type of drink it is that they're even talking about that day. And so I know for me, when I'm talking to my clients, it's instead of, yes, you want to focus on the literal branding elements, right? But when thinking about that, like, what do you want to see every day? What are your people going to be attracted to? What do you want them to see often so that they recognize you when they see you, whether it be like the font, like, okay, let's choose one font, right? Or two, like, let's choose like just a few branding colors. Let's not go with the gamut, you know, rainbow, right? And some of those things, like, for instance, like that sound, and I don't know if people know this, but that's trademarkable. Those sounds are are things that you can protect and own. So you can bet your bottom dollar anybody else tries to use a butt up bump up bump. <laughs> they're gonna be getting a cease and desist letter. <laughs> they <laughs> well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's transition, Laura, to our quick fire segment. I'm gonna ask you five random questions. Just answer. The first thing that comes to your mind, the best of your ability. You ready? Mm-hmm. What's the best investment you've made in your business? I think the best investment that I've made in my business is some training programs and like networking groups that I've been a part of because that that just gives me one step closer to knowing what I need to know instead of having to figure it out for myself. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite system or app to use in your business? 
I hate to be so vanilla, but Google Docs, because I use it for, I put everything up on a Google Doc. I even put my latest opt-in up on Justice, just an easy Google Doc. So I love Google Docs. I love Google. The whole, what is it now? Google Workspace or whatever. They changed their branding. But yeah, I absolutely love them. Okay. What's the biggest branding mistake you see people make in their business? Being inconsistent. Like you were just talking about, like, let's, let's pick one or two fonts. Let's pick a few colors and let's repeat the same set of messages. We can change them up a little bit every time, but we want to be consistent in messaging and consistent in the way that we look. Love it. Who inspires you the most? You know, I think that my family, and not that they're not inspiring because they are, but they inspire me to become the version or just to, to be an example for them that I would want them to be. So they help me level up to be an inspiration to them. Yeah, I love that. I'm such a huge family person, so hearts on that. And what does freedom look like to you in your business? Uh, freedom is the entire reason that I own my own business. <laughs> I love the freedom to define what I'm offering. I love the freedom to change and evolve that as my life circumstances change and my interests change. I love the freedom to uh, stop work at one o'clock and go take my daughter to the mall. I love the freedom to work until nine o'clock for a week because I want to save up and get a Hamilton ticket. You know, just I can do whatever I want to do. And that's my freedom. I love that. I will say it's the same for me and mine. And I remember having a coach ask me that question. And I was like, it's the freedom to do whatever I want to do. Like when I when I choose to do it. And she's like, that's not specific enough. And I'm like, how is it not? hundred <laughs> percent. I have the saddest story for you. I worked at the end of 2019. I worked so hard to save up money to take this trip to New York City with my daughter. She's a really big Broadway fan and I am too. And so I've saved up so much money and we bought third row Hamilton seats. And we were also going to see a show called Hades Town. And we were maybe like in the fifth row for that. And then I got first row balcony seats for Wicked. And we were going to go for spring break of 2020. And you know what happened. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go because of stupid COVID. It was so disappointing. But the silver lining was that I got refunded on all of that money. So that then we used that to live. Well, my business took a little bit of a dip at the first part of COVID. People started realizing they could still do business. Yeah. So, yeah. So are you guys going to reschedule that? that I hope so. I hope they open up Broadway again soon. We'd love to go. Oh, that sounds so awesome. A slight thing I will say, I've been so many places, even internationally, and I've never even been to New York. Never. It's worth a trip. It's on my to-do list. I have to talk to my husband because he's supposed to have been taking me for like the past 10 years. But, you know, we won't get into that. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Love you. Okay. Uh, now, we have talked about all types of like social video content. And right now, it feels like IG Reels are the hottest thing when it comes to social video content on IG. And it seems to be 
quote unquote what the algorithm likes because it's new. And so that's what tends to give people the most visibility. I mean, it even has its own little, what do you call those things? Not ticker, but like its own little button, like click here for all the reels, right? So I know you have a special gift for our listeners that can give them some tips and tricks on how to perfect those reels, right? Talk to us a little bit about that. I do. I have a free reels training. So if you have been wanting to make a reel and you're not sure where to start, or even if you've made a couple, but you just want to dig a little bit deeper into how you can follow that Foxes framework that I talked about and actually use that functionality within the app, you can go to freereelstraining.com and sign up for my reels training there. It's totally free and it'll get you started on all things real. Awesome. Laura, thank you so much for being here, sharing your stories with us, your expertise with us. This has been amazing. Now, for those who are like, okay, I need more in my life. I need to get my reels together, my video content. I need my messaging. My Like, how do they get in contact with you? People can reach out to me on Instagram. And my username there is underscore Laura Reese. So it's underscore L-A-U-R-A-R-E-E-S as in Sam. And then if you're interested in my program, Social Video Ace, that'll take you from an anonymous expert to the star of your business. You can just go to socialvideoace.com and you can sign up to be on my email list and on the wait list there. Awesome. Okay. Now, Laura, I always start us with the best tea of the day. If you could leave us with one last gem, what would it be? My gem would be to keep going and to believe in yourself that you can do it, which is, I know, so hokey and trite. But when you are a small business owner, it is crushing sometimes. It's demoralizing when you want something to happen faster than it's happening or you wanted a thing to go a certain way and it felt like a total failure. I would say keep going because you're farther than you used to be and time is going to pass anyway if you're not working on your dream. So you might as well be working for your dream of your business. I love that. Keep going, guys. All right, Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, that's it for today's episode of The Lurk Lounge. All right, Lurkers, that's it for this episode of The Lurk Lounge. Gems were dropped and lessons were plenty. Shout out to our sponsor, Burnley Law PLLC. Burnley Law helps entrepreneurs nationwide secure their U.S. federal trademark registration. For legal and business tips on how to protect and own the boss brand you're building, join the email list at burnleylaw.com. Until next time, I'm Summer Burnley, and thank you for lurking.